women travel has raised many eyebrows in the past so many doubts so many concerns about safety and not so interesting conversations at this season of growing travel shots we are raising conversations that are going to be progressive giving hope making women feel included make them feel happy empowered and through these conversations we envision nothing but inspiration hi i'm your host zina doshi the founder of the flap life an organization that curates solo journeys for women in india this season i'm talking to women in travel and tourism who have found creative ways of chasing and achieving their dreams of travel and creating their mark in the tourism industry you will hear candid and unedited conversations about their experiences and some secrets of the industry too through the stories shared we wish many women take the plunge to wonder and not to wonder how hello everyone and welcome to our first episode of brewing travel shots today joining me in the conversation is a guest who has created a record in the indian history of wildlife yes she is the first women naturalist in india so welcome ratna singh and thank you for joining us in the conversation today thank you so much zinal and uh, lovely to be here and it's an honor that you've invited me to share my story and i just want to you know um, in your introduction i just want to give a small clarification that naturalist is a very it's a very uh, you know loosely used term so when we say naturalist i would say that as a safari guide i'm the first professionally trained there was no there were no professionally trained like for tourism so yes you're right on that accord i'm from the first batch of the first training school in the country and i was the only lady in there so yeah thank you for having me great and i'm so happy that you clarified uh, that ratna because you know honestly a lot of people uh, you know who are layman who people generally don't understand these terms for us it is right. just about holidays but for you it is your work so thank you for highlighting that thank you uh, it's a pleasure so when i came across uh, you know the work that you do i really wanted to know more about your journey so i mean i i'm more excited to know tell us about your journey and especially what was your calling to to join the wildlife so all right um zinal uh, to begin with i went i'll just give you you a little bit of a background so it it will put things in perspective for you sure is i went to boarding school yeah so my home you mentioned bandogar my right. home is very close to bandogar national park and it's a small village and the culture and the tradition has been in my family across you know many generations is that people my family stay there and then the children go off to boarding schools and it was the same case with my great granddad and my granddad and my dad and then us my, my brother and i and so um i went to boarding school when i was very young at about 4 years of age and when i would come home so you know the area around bandogard so when i would come home from the city you know the moment i started to see the jungles and we didn't have any trains my my father used to drive us um back and forth uh, we would take a road trip to boarding school and this was um, my school was called lamartinia i don't know if you've heard about it lamartinia in lucknow yes boarding i have school. yeah so we went back and forth and the moment we you know because um up uttar pradesh is such an urban urban uh, state so the moment you start moving out and hit uh, madhya pradesh and you start seeing this vast expanse of uh, forest and jungle that's when even as a little girl i used to feel that i'm now coming home and that feeling you know the feeling of being home has stayed with me every time i'm in the jungle because literally um it's it's in my bones i would say like my dna so then so 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 with that in the backdrop um 
I didn't really didn't really know because you know in India back then when I was in school or college and because and I'm a very outdoorsy person so I was in the school uh, basketball team and the judo team and then I continued my sport uh, in college as well and um, if in school in class 10 you've taken arts then you've pretty much sealed your fate right <laughs> that's right yeah and I had yeah and I had taken arts because um, it was easier you know I would I was playing so much and I was playing for the state and I played at the national level and in Delhi also I was playing at the national level so it's easier if you have art arts uh, humanities so I was studying history so I didn't really know at all um, that there is a career that you can take or at least it was not organized Right. And um, but every time I would come home, I would go to Bandugar and Kanha, both these parks being driving distance from my home. Uh, and then I had a cousin and I would tell these cousins and some friends of mine who were in these jungles, men, of course, who were working as wildlife guides or, na or naturalists, as we call them here. And and I would say, you know, uh, can I be an assistant or can I be whatever? But there were no really, if you wanted to work in wilderness tourism, the most of the women, either they did it short term and it was not really organized as to be like a professional wildlife guide. You could right. work in, say, you could be a host or manager or housekeeping. Right. So, you know, I don't like my own housekeeping. So there was no... There was no way I was going to do it in a hotel. <laughs> right. So anyway, to cut a long story short, after I finished college, I had this uh, friend call up and say, hey, listen, there's this, um, you know, um, hotel company. There's this hotel and they're teaming up with Africa's um, big safari company and they're opening and they're looking for naturalists. They're going to train wildlife guides and you can apply. So oh. I said, are you sure they'll take girls? So he showed me the ad and it was Taat Safaris. And um, back then the company was called Conservation Corporation Africa or CC Africa. Now it's called Anbeyond. So okay. the Taat Safaris were coming up on uh, this um, joint venture of the African and the Indian hotels. So I applied and I didn't think I would make it. And yeah, um, yeah, a year down the line, I qualified and here I am. I worked as a naturalist for many years and I trained as a trainer. And so, yeah, here I am 15 years down the line. Great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about, you know, when you were born and brought up around Bandhavgarh, uh, you know, I'm sure yeah. what you just rightly said that you actually feel jungles as your home. So... Yes. I'm sure the life would be very, very exciting while we will go a little more deeper, uh, you know, into the jungles a little later. Uh, you know, okay. what you just said sometime back that, of course, women and wildlife, you know, this combination is always considered as a, a little strange combination, right? So how did hmm. this combination come in together and what were your initial challenges? Like if you have to give an advice to somebody who wants to take career in this field, yeah what are the yes. points you would like to highlight so to start to begin with Zinal, um just a little bit of how i got into this was i i got into wildlife because i am absolutely um i adore animals i adore the wilderness and i love nature you know I, there's nothing nothing there's not a greater joy for me than to be in and around the wilderness so that's number one so for anybody who wants to pursue a career in the wilderness be it tourism be it working with uh, not-for-profit organizations or even you know they want to pursue for, for people who are young and they want to go, uh, grow up and uh, you know apply for services with the government to be in the forest First up, you really have to love what you do. In, I, th I think that's true of every profession, but especially here because, you know, you are and you will be constantly out of your comfort zone. The things that you take for granted, um, even electricity or network or even getting 
regular essentials which we take for granted in the city you will and and chat with friends and family so you can't do this or you will not last long if you're not comfortable with yourself and if you don't really love uh, the nature and if you're not really passionate about your job so that's key that's absolutely the key you have to love what you do and then secondly i would say that you know if you if people are unsure whether it's for them but it looks very glamorous but because it is becoming more and more popular among the younger lot now to be and work for conservation and they're very aware um so and they they want to spend time in nature i think rather than take a headlong plunge into the deep end it works well to first do a couple of short trips you know see whether you can take that life because even though in in glossy magazines even if for example i would take my own field wilderness tourism it you know in glossy magazines you have these beautiful uh, camps and you know you have you're having sundowners and driving a fancy 4 by 4 it looks good but it's a lot of hard work it's it's day after day of waking up at 4 a.m. or 3:30 a.m. if it's summer so first see if you can take it for a week and then you make a longer commitment that that's my advice to I really think... love what you do and then yeah 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 no no go on no no that's it i'm done sorry <laughs> okay i think I, i i i was just kind of coming to the point that what you said uh you have to really love your job to to kind of get into wilderness and i think constantly love to be on the edge so it is it's about loving <laughs> yeah to be out yeah. of the comfort zone always i i mean i remember uh you know so obviously ours is also into tourism and i remember when you know my family thinks that when i'm on a trip uh you know it right. is all fancy and you know you're traveling but actually what you said that you have to actually wake up every day at 4 o'clock yeah. and that's not yes it is definitely not it's easy really, i totally get you uh, yeah yeah it's not easy and then um and every field i know every field has its challenges so does the wilderness and many times uh, like you know if you have a job in the city and you you you're having a hard day and you can come back and then sort of have a change of environment but if you live here and you work here then you can't really have a change of environment so that's where if you really do love the job will you endure so True. yes i agree with you it's not uh, yeah true i think yeah you you have to totally love it and have to be equally very very passionate about it now that yes uh, you know women travel has taken a leap uh, in in india also how do you see acceptance coming in the industry for women specifically in wildlife as an insider and as an outsider also in terms of welcoming women to wildlife so i would say that uh, <clears throat> again i will uh, i keep referring to the days when i was much younger if women uh, and women traveling in wildlife earlier one would see mostly you know families or couples but uh, of late as as uh, as an insider as part of this industry i see that a lot of ladies be it just um you know in groups or two friends or even single um young people young women traveling to the jungles by themselves and this is the one thing uh, i would like to say to everybody and i have i and i believe it to be absolutely true is that a woman traveling once she is in the jungle you know you you have to just ensure that your transport from your nearest uh, railhead or airport or whatever you are taking because you know there is no jungle at least in india that you can directly go to and you get off the train and you're in the jungle usually you will get off the train or get off the flight and you have a couple of hours or three or four hours of road travel before you arrive uh, at your destination so all i would say is that once you do arrive and if you've ensured that you know you have a fairly safe uh, connectivity 
the jungles themselves are one of the safest places to be. And um, I, I see a lot of young people, young women also traveling, sometimes just by themselves. There, um, I, I would say that people are quite, um, you know, they go out of their way, the resorts and the lodges, they will go out of their way to ensure that they're comfortable, that they're looked after, and uh, they have everything that they need. So yes, as an insider, that's what I'm going to say. And as an outsider, for somebody who does travel quite a bit um, on her own as well, I, I, I will say the same thing, that the places that I go to, I find that I'm comfortable. I do, I'm, I'm not feeling, um, you know, threatened in any way in the jungle areas. I'm talking about specifically in the jungle areas. But at the same time, Zinal, I will also say that perhaps I feel more comfortable because I know how things work. And I am aware of, you know, being careful on certain aspects when traveling to remote locations. So the two go hand in hand because I do have that knowledge having worked on the ground and having and, and living here. So these are the two things, I guess. I, I hope it's not some very muddled. Um, I, I hope you get what I mean. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think, uh, okay. you know, I feel that women, whether they're traveling, uh, you know, in like wildlife areas or anywhere in India, I think it is very important to be cautious, very important to be, yes. in, uh, to have the right information before you go to any place and uh, just, uh, you know, be yourself and just ensure that, you know, you are heading to the right place. Uh, I think what you, I, I, would... I loved what you said that, uh, there's no better and safer place than the jungles. And I think yeah. it, is, it is true. And just, you know, when I compare it to the city, because I did live in, in Delhi for, I mean, uh, my husband and I, we were based out of Delhi for a good eight years. And uh, <clears throat> I can see that people are not so much on the edge in the in the rural areas as they are in the city you know you don't there's no road rage there is no tussle about parking people have all the time if you ask somebody for, for the way they, they have all the time but again I'm, I'm going to circle back to your question that when traveling in the jungles um, for the women travelers especially if you're traveling alone what I would like what a good thing to do is to call ahead if you've made is to always make reservations I think um, it makes sense to always plan your stay ahead and uh, the hotel or lodge or camp, wherever you're staying, you should just give a call and ask. You know, it'll give you an idea of who's answering and uh, what's happening. Right, right. I think that brings me uh, to a next very interesting, uh, you know, question I want to ask you that you have been into wilderness for like so many years and I'm sure yes. there, mu there may, must be so many experiences with the wildlife around you. Yes. Tell us one experience which has literally scared you. Uh, Zinal, I've had many, actually, many. But now when I, when I look back, I, I can't, um, I don't feel the fear, but it's just a memory now. So I've had a couple of experiences, I think. Um, Probably I've had a letter fair one which jump. would scare me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've, um, this one is quite, um, it, it was actually quite scary and funny now when I think about it. I remember I was posted at this lodge that's a 200 acre property in Panna. Okay. And um, the distance between the staff village and the guest uh, accommodation, the guest, you know, lounge area was uh, one kilometer. And we, it was through the jungle. So the staff village where I had my cottage and where we were hosting guests. So I was guiding some guests and it was New Year. Um, it was, I think about a decade ago, it was New Year. So New Year Eve. 
And so we had a very nice uh, dinner set up for the, for the guests. And, um, <clears throat> and and we were like, it's a jungle area. So there's Panna town a few kilometers away. And we were, we were located on a hill. So you can hear the sounds of merriment. So uh, soon after midnight, we said, okay, happy new year to everybody. And uh, normally there would be a shuttle, a vehicle that goes up and down. But many of the staff walk. So okay. I didn't want to wait because I had an early morning drive and it was already past midnight. So I thought I'll just walk it. I knew the way. I mean, it's a pretty broad track. So I said, okay, I'm going to walk back. As I was walking back, um, I didn't have a torch because my phone battery had died. So I, and it's a fairly broad track, you know, because we go up and down on that track the whole day. And then um, it was a, not a very bright moonlit night, but there was some moon. And I see that uh, there was a movement in the trees and, and a leopard jumped in front of me. Oh, my God. And as it, <laughs> yeah, as it landed, so I see, I see the shape of this big cat leap across uh, the branch in the trees in front of me about, say, 20, 20 feet ahead of me. And then I hear a soft thud uh, of the cat landing. But now I'm, uh, you know, surrounded by trees. It's the jungle and there's bush. So one of the things that we learn is, you know, I remember our trainer always saying that when you're out, especially when we do guided walks, that whatever you do, don't run. Right. So I just froze on the spot. and. Um, I couldn't hear any movement. I was sort of waiting that, um, and in Panna, that's a teak area also, by January, it gets quite dry. So I was waiting that, you know, there will be some movement if the leopard moves, there will be some sound, but I couldn't hear any sound. So I, I felt that the leopard was probably in the same spot. I couldn't see very well, so I'm not sure whether it's talking me or, you know, whether it's walked because it's quite dark. And um, so I just stood rooted to the spot and uh, I could hear, um, because it was New Year Eve, you know, just past midnight, I could hear um, people in the, in, in the town, you know, in the villages, they were playing the drums really loudly and uh, Dholak and I'll, I could hear this huge, strong drum beat. So it was such a random thought in that setting when you're in the jungle and you, you feel that, you know, leopards just jumped in front of you. And I had this random thought in my head. I'm saying that, my God, these people are still um, merrymaking. You know, I can still hear the drums. They're still sort of beating the drums. And then a second later, I realized that the drums were actually my heartbeat. The okay. sound of my heart thumping was so loud that the blood was like resounding in my ear. Oh and my then I, 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 kept, I kept standing there and I, I did a 360 degree turn just to, just to see, you know, if it's behind me, has it moved? And it seemed like as I narrated, it seems like a long time, but all of this was barely one or two minutes, not even. And then I heard, you know, the very soft crunch, crunch, crunch. And I heard footsteps going away from me. So that was a huge relief. And then slowly I went back. So that was one story that I remember quite vividly. And that was quite frightening. And then there was this other time when um, I was still learning how to be a guide. And we had this uh, trainer from Africa. So we, you know, we had these safari vehicles and back then we never even used to have a, draw, a door on the driver's side. It's top open, completely open. And we were tracking this tigress. So I can see this tigress coming and she comes towards the driver's side and there was a little rock right next to, um, you know, the driver's seat. So I had parked the vehicle. The next thing I know that this tigress, she comes up right at eye level with me, barely like uh, barely two feet, like an arm's length away from my face. And she just stood there and I was like, I was frozen. So my trainer, he said, oh, 
okay ratna just reverse just reverse but at that time i think i was normally i'm a really good driver but i couldn't my just i just could i just couldn't get the vehicle to start so he said okay leave it and here we were all of us sitting five four or five of us because there was me there was the park guide my trainer and a couple of my colleagues who were also in training and here we sit with the tigers just an arms length from my face and the the now when i look back i see the expression of the tigress it was like you know she was very relaxed and it's like okay just move on get on with it already and then when I, again i didn't move again it it was like about a minute she just got out and she brushed past the front uh, front tire of mine and she went so yeah these are two two that i remember just of hand right now whoa i am scared <laughs> i was just imagining while you were narrating this i was i was just imagining myself into the situation and what i would have done so uh, obviously these were very very scary uh, you know situations to be in so so ratna now that we are talking about uh, you know wildlife i mean there has been a mm. lot of irresponsible behavior in wildlife and i'm sure you know better than me you are associated yes. in in a lot of initiatives which are into forest conservation and uh, responsible tourism so first tell us what are these initiatives and uh, what are the tips that you would give it to people who are coming to the wild so zinal first up i'll tell you what i do do now um <clears throat> i primarily for the last uh, several years now i work with both private companies uh, which are like hospitality companies of course in uh, green operations and setting up experiences that are sustainable for guests as well as training of guides and naturalists so um i work with private companies of course but i also work with various tiger reserves and wildlife sanctuaries in the country in training park guides most of these park guides are people who live on the periphery of the jungle or people who were earlier living inside the jungle and have been relocated by the forest department and um, there's a huge drive by the government to involve people who were earlier living inside the jungle to become part of tourism so that they earn their livelihood and also if you see in these really remote areas and you've traveled a fair bit yourself to the jungle areas you'll see these areas there isn't too much commercial activity apart from tourism either they will have um, you know farming but other avenues of income are few so also it's a great way to you know um, a create job opportunities b make people who have been traditionally living with uh, the animals for so many hundreds of years become stakeholders in conservation so it's a win win so yes that's what i do um and uh, secondly yeah um how can people what are the tips that people can do to conserve wildlife or do their bit for conservation especially when you go to conservation uh, when you go to jungle areas or you go on safari so for me one of the things that has always baffled me is that why would people who live in big cities and are and are actually traveling to the jungles to escape the hustle bustle and the stresses of the city want to come in a peaceful jungle and create a noise you know blast music and i i don't get the concept of why anyone would want to do that so my first um, you know suggestion is that if people are traveling to the jungle areas then i'm not saying you sh- people shouldn't listen to music but it shouldn't be overpowering and overbearing and not disturb the peace that's number 1 number 2 do not litter and a great way of really actively being a part of conservation is that when people travel to the jungle if you can bring all your litter back with you you know you're carrying your shampoo pouches or bottles you're carrying 
any snacks or whatever you want to throw away if you can keep it the dry waste if you can keep it and bring it back with you in the city there are better um, there are better systems in place in big cities in and municipal corporations in place in the cities to dispose of that waste to recycle that waste but uh, rural areas still don't have such setups and um, so tourism also tends to add a lot of junk and trash to really pristine habitats so that's actually a very very big one if anyone wants to be an earth hero or a green warrior the biggest uh, you know request i have of them is if you can carry your trash back with you to your city and dispose it off there it's a huge service you're doing to the tiger directly right i think so yeah this is the, the... yes i think it's a great Sorry. tip and yeah. uh, uh, you know i have seen it personally how the jungles are uh, you know in a bad shape especially with a lot of trash i i don't want mm. to mention what all trash i've seen it but yeah it is um, you know it is very disturbing and uh, yeah of course the rural areas don't have uh, those mechanisms uh, to convert the waste so i would fa- i i would probably you know tell this to the listeners also that i think carry less uh, try and conserve yourself along with the nature in immerse yourself in the nature and i think that would be a great uh, you know respect to uh, going to the wild so yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so i uh, you know want to ask you this question because you had mentioned this that you you have been empowering the local tribes uh, of the villages around the national parks how yes. has the gender diversity improved in in last few years like how many women are being trained uh, in the villages for the naturalist work or the guide work so uh zinal um you know there's there's been a, i would say there's been a paradigm shift and this is one story that is like very um, it it's really strange but it also denotes what a shift in mindset people have had is i'm talking about 2006 i was driving my four wheel drive uh, and i was of course in uniform and i was coming from somewhere and i see these four women often you know when we are going from the jungle to the to the lodge or, or to the hotel and usually it would be a few kilometers away and if my vehicle was empty and then i i felt that you know somebody from and because these are small communities it's not it's not crowded like the city and everybody knows everybody else and if you would see some somebody who really needs a lift for say a kilometer or so and we are going in the same way we would say okay hop on so i saw these three or four ladies um a couple of them elderly ladies and i knew that they would be going to the village outside the hotel so i stopped the vehicle and um i motioned them to get on so when i stopped the vehicle and i stuck my head out like uh, to talk to them uh, two of the younger women you know they covered their faces with their pallu because this is what people do you know if it's a strange man walks up to you and they're they're young women married ladies they will do parda they will cover their face and um they will not so when i spoke to them then they realized that i'm a woman and they started laughing and so they you know they came on board now um year before last just before the pandemic hit i was in a training schedule in 2019 end of 2019 and so this is the difference this was then where anybody wearing pants driving a vehicle was you know and people call me mostly most of this the 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 staff in the park um or, or you know the foot soldiers they would call me sir a lot of people a lot of the guides would call me sir and <clears throat> then cut to 2019 i was training this batch of uh, guides and there were also some women in it and there was a young lady 
uh, about 24, 25 years old. And she was a young mother, a new mother. She had an infant baby. And while she used to be in training in class, her husband used to babysit and they had come from Pech for training here at Kanha uh, with the forest department. And I was the lead trainer. So the husband used to sit outside and look after the baby. And I thought that was a huge, you know, a huge shift in mindset because it's okay for people who are, you know, from the city or who have a certain kind of an education, but to be from, and these were all local girls. So I cannot, I don't, I know it may not sound like a lot, but if you have been here and if you know what the dynamics are between boys and girls and the difference in treatment between boys and girls in rural areas, you will understand what a huge shift in mindset this has been. And uh, there have been women guides. So earlier when I started um, as a naturalist, as a safari guide with Tad Safaris, a lot of the people said, okay, fine, you know, she's English educated and you come from a certain background and it's only for them. And then a, a whole lot of other girls also joined as naturalists and within my company and other uh, high-end resorts. So everyone said, fine. And then later on, you know, even uh, the forest department trained some girls to be park guides. And then a couple of other parks in MP also uh, took the initiative. And now in Kanha, you also have drivers who are women. And I'm very happy to say, already announce it, that um, Satpura Tiger Reserve is, you know Satpura, right? Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, so Satpura Tiger Reserve is actually India's largest uh, tiger, uh, sorry, uh, Madhya Pradesh's largest tiger reserve. They have also announced, and it's been in the media, they've also announced their first batch of uh, all-girl uh, women guides that they're going to train. And I'm very happy to say that I'll be one of the trainers. So you see, it's growing acceptance. It's a huge shift from when I was there. People would say that, you know, they're just men working in the field and perhaps it's not a woman's job. And for the, for the people who are the really fuddy-duddy set, said that, you know, you're wearing pants and all the time surrounded by women and it's so unladylike and you will be you will be seen so masculine and your mannerisms will change and all that sort. But, you know, nobody cares anymore now. It's just a girl in the park either driving or guiding. It's just a part of the landscape. And I think that's what's, that's what's so fantastic that it's become commonplace from being the odd one out to a field where it's just common. It's not something that you notice even. So right. long way, yeah. I think this conversation made me really, really very happy. And I think the growth has been remarkable from where you yes. started and now that you are training, you know, women batches. So so hats off to you, uh, you know, because <laughs> people you. like you who have actually made a beginning and, uh, you know, to get the job at par, whether it's men or women, I think the best one should get it. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. It's not about, and even when, you know, uh, Zinal, even when I was on the course um, training, I had trainers and my trainers were from South Africa and the, the head trainer is now really good, also a good friend of mine and my mentor. And he said, Ratna, I'll be really honest with you. It was the first batch we were doing in India, the first range, like sort of high-end luxury wildlife camps and lodges and first professional wildlife company, so to speak. He said that we, you were like, we were testing you. We wanted you to be better, not at par, because we didn't want to, you know, give anyone any leeway on the, on the grounds that, you know, because she's a girl, let's just sort of, so I'm happy to say that, you know, it's not that there, there will always be people who will say that, oh, you know, she, she got through because she was a girl and people were soft on yeah. her, but that's really not the case. You can maybe go a little bit of the way if somebody pushes you, but the, after that, you're on your own. You just have to be good, otherwise you can't do it. 
Absolutely. I think I totally understand. And uh, it is always the talent which wins. And it is always the talent which takes you ahead. So uh, moving on, uh, you know, because you spoke about the young lady who had, uh, mm. you know, a husband who was babysitting yes. uh, the, the child when huh. she was actually on yes. a trip. How has been your yes. family support system, uh, you know, when you started this? <laughs> and uh, were there any challenges or was, was there more support? So tell us how the support system has worked for you. So um, the first training that I wanted to do was happening in in Bandugar. So that was quite close to my home and I was in Delhi at the time. So I said to my father, I said, I'm going to do this training. So my brother says, my brother was trying to dissuade me and he was actually trying to prevail upon my father to tell me not to do it because for him, see, it's very close to our home. That area, a small community, everybody, people know each other. It's not very far from home. So they all said, she'll be there and, you know, what are people going to say? And uh, nobody really knew what was happening because being a naturalist or, you know, what what a professional safari guide wasn't really a profession and people knew wasn't really there. It was something that people did for a while and then sort of eased into it and um, didn't really think it was something worth um, for a girl to explore, not definitely not somebody from you know, my family. So, <clears throat> and then he told me directly, he said, Are, why are you going? You'll fail. They'll never take you. So I said, fine, if I fail, then I fail. I'll come home. Uh, home is not far. He's saying, why don't you save me the trouble? So I was coming to, from Delhi. I was taking a train to Bandhugar. And after two stops in the train is uh, the place where I get off to drive to my village. So why don't you just skip that stop and come straight to the last, you know, which is closer to our home and I'll come and pick you up. So I said, why would I do that? I want to go for this training. He said, no, save me a trip. In any case, you're going to fail. They're not going to take you. And I'll have to come and pick you up again. I said, doesn't matter. I'll tell my father. My father said, fine, let her go. Uh, if she if she fails and if they check her out, then I'll send the you know I'll send the car to pick her up. Not an issue. So every day I used to think that you know I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. But the company itself, I will say, Zinal it was wonderful, very supportive. They were very tough on me, but I didn't feel threatened or I didn't feel you know that it was something something odd because you see the environment was such that we had trainers from Africa where South Africa where it was very common to have girl rangers they call them there right secondly uh, yes in the park people saw me as an oddity for sure I was an oddity and I have seen that um Instead of, look, if, if the tiger is sitting in the bushes or, you know, in summertime, there's a tiger in the water and there are many vehicles. Back then, there were not so many, you know, rules sort of regulate tourism as, as well regulated as it is now. So I have seen people taking photographs of me instead of, you know, looking at the animal just because it was such an odd thing for a woman to be driving in the park. Um, of course, people also, I'm not a very big person. I'm quite petite. So for me, driving and handling a big four by four, also the guides sort of were, they meant well, I will say. They tried to, they tried to well, I wouldn't say patronize. They were not condescending, but sort of, you know, they, they meant well. Let me put it that way. So, for example, Band- you've seen Bandhugar, Zinal. It's quite yes. a tough terrain, especially Tala, Tala zone. Yes. So, you know, you have to drive up and down and all of that. So I remember my guides telling me that this is our route. You, you're given a route, like an area right, to explore. Yes. This is a route. It has these huge, you know, hills and mountains and some steep 
driving up and driving down so doesn't matter let's take the easy route which we are not allowed but we will talk to the officials you're driving i'm sure they will say nothing i said no i'm not going to break rules trust me i can you know i can handle this vehicle yeah. so it was the first few times and then they really started to they 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 took great pride in me because of course i was in a way local not far from bandugar and they helped me and they supported me so now when i look back i only see the you know the encouragement at the same time i will not say that there were people who did not uh, try to intimidate or did not try to undermine and did not try to belittle me but those those incidents and those people are so far behind that it's only when some like when you ask me this question i have to actively think of that they don't really exist on my horizon anymore right i think it is uh, you know i'm really glad to hear this that of course you remember only the encouragement of course there there would have been challenges and i think the challenges were more on the thought process and not on yeah. actual challenges i think it is it is the way uh, you know a generally a thought towards women whether she will be able to do it or she won't be able to do it but of course you you have fared really very well and uh, you have created, <laughs> thank you 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 have created uh, a, you know a space for yourself and you are actually leading that space so that's that's thank really good thank you so that thank that you. brings me to uh, you know the last question uh, of our podcast today so what's next for ratna singh and three shots of advice for women wanting to chase adventures in their life so um what's next for me is so here zinal my husband he owns a a private uh, wildlife lodge i am an advisor in that i mean i am an advisor in his company in terms of um sustainability and community development i will continue to do Uh, you know work for with people for an in in skilling of uh, rural youth you know and because i do feel that the more of the local people uh, who are partners in tourism will eventually be partners in in conservation so that's that so you know i am a part i mean i am an advisor in my husband's venture and i work with the forest department and i am sort of a failed writer i write short stories i have not you know i'm putting together a book of short stories but i'm a failed writer because i have yet to yet to get a publisher so that's in the offing and uh, three shots of advice for for you said women who want to chase their adventures passion. in their life yeah passion adventure Anything. I mean, people who really dream for living a very challenging life. I would say number one, give it a shot. You know, because and especially as the last two years have shown us that life is uncertain, and you don't want to be. And I hope everyone gets to be at a really ripe old age. You would much rather have tried and failed, and then not have having tried at all. so it's okay to give it a shot and see where it leads you if it doesn't at least you tried so that's what i'll say for one number two i think the biggest uh, drawback for women especially i would say in india is we really worry about log kya kahenge you know what are people going to right. log kya kahenge this this a i was amazed zinal sometimes the wisdom that you can get in rural areas there was one person who said to me once ki sabse bada rog kya kahenge log and i was amazed <laughs> because it's spot on the biggest disease <laughs> the biggest disease is what are people going to say because you see when i started out people said a whole lot of mean things well and and i will not say it didn't bother me i'm not going to say uh, that it won't bother you if you're doing off beat i'm a sensitive person and um 
anybody who's fond of nature and you know likes wilderness and likes solitude tend to be sensitive people so in having said that don't worry about what people say i will not say that it doesn't worry you of course it feels really bad when people say nasty things about you and you know doubt your uh, doubt your talent doubt your competence and just make up stories of course it feels really bad but what i would say is that you power through irrespective you allow yourself to feel bad and then do it anyway you know because so when you do it anyway after a while see if i hadn't done it and if i had the first time while i was in and the first year that i was guiding and when it was completely male dominated my own company and my friends and family were supportive there were many people who said many many nasty things and it's really always easy to target a woman you see because you can just cast aspersions on her character you can just say anything but if i hadn't uh i will not say it was water off a duck's back that i was completely unaffected of course i was affected but i did it nevertheless and if i hadn't done it we wouldn't be sitting here 15 years later having this conversation and then because i i i powered through the others coming behind me don't even have to care about it so if you really if you really want so second piece of advice is if you really want to do it just do it people may say may not say but do it anyway and the third thing is you have to have a bit of conviction and a bit of courage if you're doing something off beat or even if you're not doing something off beat but it is it is something adventurous for you it doesn't matter what it is even if even if somebody wants to start a small home baking baking thing you know a home baking business but they've got a family to run and kids to look after you don't know how you're going to do it but put on a brave front and do it anyway because if it if it doesn't work out you can always stop and don't not feeling very you can always pretend to be brave nobody really knows the difference that's another quote i read somewhere if you put on a brave face then you will the bravery will follow the courage will follow so these are my three three shots of advice thank you so much ratna i think uh, this has been very very inspiring and i'm sure the listeners who are uh, wanting the advice they're going to take it very seriously because it's coming from you who has chased her dreams has chased the life what she has been wanting to live where she felt comfortable and i'm so glad that uh, you know you're literally starting it from home and you're ending it to home so thank you so much for inspiring <laughs> thank you zinal not at all it's a pleasure and it's a real honor and thank you so much i really enjoyed our chat <laughs>